0: I've invited my friend Jasmine back on the show to talk about her role as a temple courtesan. She was my guest in episode four, titled Intimacy and Sexual Healing. And we talked a little bit more about her job, which is providing an experience of sensual and sexual touch for her clients who are mostly men. And I wanted to hear more from her about her perspective on men and relationships being that she's in a unique position to hear the inside story from a lot of men and she's worked she's done over a thousand sessions and I just wanted to hear more of her perspective on relationships and we also talked about her path of development as a person and how she got into this work and some of the ways that she has developed herself to be able to be of high service and to offer a high quality experience uh, so with that hope you enjoy the episode pleasure to have you back on the show. Jasmine, thanks for coming in.
1: It's an honor to be back. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. So today I want to talk, I want to go further into the breakdown of relationships and the kinds of things that can bring a divide between two people in a partnership. And you work with, you've worked with couples, you've worked with women before, but mostly men and a lot of the men that you work with are in a partnership of some kind, uh, a marriage or, um, yeah, some kind of relationship. And you had the unique experience of, of working with a lot of different men and hearing their stories. And because the work that you do is physical body work, but a lot of it is like conversation and Maybe the clients don't think of it as talk therapy, but it's a form of talk therapy You're, you're listening to them and offering a woman's perspective. A lot of things that we talked about on our first episode. So I'm curious um, if you would share more with us your perspective on the breakdown of relationships or, and also um, just some of the things that you hear from men or perhaps see in them or hear in their stories, um, where some of the disconnect is coming from.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I actually think that a lot of the clients do consider it talk therapy because Mm. actually, um, a lot of men don't have people that they're talking to about very deep personal things like challenges in their, in their partnership. Um, a lot of these people aren't able to speak with their partners about it. A lot of men don't necessarily bring those conversations into their friendships, let alone like families or colleagues of other kinds. So, um, actually I think, uh, being a provider is holding that kind of space for a man to come in and unpack these, these topics that are weighing on his heart. Mm. Yeah. Um, so so that feels like quite an honor to hold that space for men mm-hmm. um uh to be the the confidant as well as the courtesan mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and 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 yeah to offer that that um feminine perspective and to hold them in a space of uh care uh, uh that's free of judgment from whatever they're going through um as far as the challenge is of what's creating disconnect, I would say, in connection to talk therapy, it's the lack of that happening in their partnerships. Um, typically, it's happening on both sides. Both, you know, both partners are have their have their have their part in that play, and um, it seems to be kind the kind of thing where it's like once that disconnect happens it'll just slowly and slowly over time build a wall that eventually becomes so thick that the two partners don't know how to reach each other through it. They don't know how to get around the wall, up and over the wall Um, they don't know how to break it down and um, meanwhile people are enmeshing their lives very deeply with Home and finances and children. Um, So things get to a point where it's, you know, this wall is being built over time, but meanwhile, their lives are becoming even more deeply woven. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it presents a struggle that a lot of people are facing out there of like, well, how to break down that wall, how to, how to like overcome that barrier while not disturbing the, all the levels of life that they're connected on mm-hmm. through the partnership.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I wonder too, if, you know, a lot of couples, people, when they first get together, it's like they've both got their own separate lives and responsibilities and they come together and have, an enjoyable time together, but then yeah, as they interweave their lives together, move in together or have children or get married or start a business together, whatever it is, there's, it doesn't have to, I mean, those things can, those, those challenges can be opportunities to work better together, but they also can strain the relationship in ways that that relationship didn't feel early on. And Mm. I wonder if that's like a basis of that, that wall too, you know, not just, not just, um, the sort of communications that don't happen over time, but also that increase of responsibility and the stress of, yeah, starting a family or, or whatever.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. I would guess that, even in the realms of sexuality you know like a very personal realm that the couple is experiencing together there's i think oftentimes a lack of communication support on that topic which is really the most deeply personal topic one of definitely that people can be sharing with another person Mm -hmm. and um i think What I hear oftentimes from clients is that, um, you know, they can't even talk to their partners about like their, their wants and their needs, you know, desires, preferences, fantasies, um, because they don't know if she will accept him. They, they don't want to feel rejected. They don't want to feel judged and mm-hmm. or shamed in some way for having desires. And, mm-hmm. um, so I think, I mean, that's like. That's like one just deeply personal, very important piece that I think gets kind of Mm
2: -hmm.
1: easily and even in a sense like naturally overlooked because I think in general, at least in our culture, we're not really like educated or just like the topic of talking about sex is something that a lot of people, I guess, are pretty uncomfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um... And maybe that conversation isn't even, you know, necessarily needed when a couple first comes together and they're just like riding off of that, that just that joy and excitement of like all, you know, like the new connection. But over time, like at some point, um, it is needed for these conversations to be had. Ideally, I think like. Earlier on in the connection rather than waiting, you know, five years down the road to then be like, hey, how does it feel for you if I touch you like this or, you know, um, you know, but I mean, really, there's, you know, it's better late than never. But um, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and then talking about responsibilities, adding responsibilities to it. I mean, yeah, that's a whole other piece where. Yeah, I think if people were able to talk about their sex um more comfortably, I think it would actually feed these other levels of responsibility that they would share. Mm-hmm. Cuz like there's like a deep sense of uh vulnerability and intimacy that comes in those conversations around sex, that like if people can go there together and you know, uh be really open um and even maybe just yeah like revealing and maybe a little like exploratory with themselves on that level like i think it would strengthen you know starting a family or, or yeah some couples that start businesses together or just managing you know if they're gonna share a home together and um mm-hmm. i think there's like a level of tr- trust that like if people because like in s- in topics around sex it's like we're revealing very deep personal parts of ourselves is really what's happening mm-hmm. um it's not necessarily about like the physical whatever like the physical expression of the conversation sure taking place it's like really like us revealing these deeper places in ourselves and feeling like accepted and feeling like that's welcome by the person that we're sharing with
0: and, mm-hmm. and i think that I can see how the threat of judgment from your partner feels real or is real because I think we we're a strange culture where on the surface level, we seem very sexual and almost over sexualized, um, with just how sexuality is portrayed in our media and advertisements. And we're practically bombarded with it. Um, mass availability of porn, things like that. And, um, But then, yeah, I think on that deeper, more intimate level, there's a lot of secrecy that people keep from each other about their deeper sexual desires beyond just the vanilla that is sort of commonly acceptable um, fantasies and desires. And I think that there's a lot of sexual taboo in our culture of like... The, the threat of just like, oh, you like that? You're weird, you know? Or I could see how some people would be hesitant, like want to broach that barrier, but feel afraid to do it or like who's who's going to do it first and then mm-hmm. just kind of staying staying safe behind it or, yeah, seeking out experiences from providers like yourself. I mean, I know like what you do is more of like a temple courtesan type experience, but there's all kinds of providers who, you know, do like fetish work or all kinds of stuff. You know, there's like dominatrixes or dominatrices, whatever. And where people seek that out beyond their relationship, but there's such an opportunity if there is an openness in that, partnership to explore those things together and it can be real exciting to, to explore deeper layers of sexuality together. Uh, or at least that's one of my favorite things to do.
1: <laughs> well, I think that's the ideal for a lot of people is to get to experience these things with their partners. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's actually really healthy if for some reason, it's not able to be experienced with the partnership I think it's totally healthy actually for the relationship uh, and for people to seek out providers to have experiences with, because it's actually a really safe, clean, and clear way for people to get these personal desires and needs met, whether it's in the context of a relationship or outside of that relationship. But actually seeing a provider is a really safe way to explore to to support the relationship Mm -hmm. um a lot a lot of people their idea of any type of um sex work is would be actually threatening to a relationship but in from what i've seen (laughs) uh, this industry actually keeps a lot of marriages together you know it, it helps people mainly men get their personal needs met for uh care and affection attention touch um pleasure uh mm-hmm. met while they're in a marriage or a relationship that for some reason or another is lacking in these ways. and you know they're they're in their own journey with figuring it out and in the meantime, getting their needs met um while they're figuring it out and 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 a lot of times, I think providers end up being able to really help support mm-hmm. men in their journey figuring it out giving him some tools on how to communicate with her or different steps to take and you know um like I said being that confidant for him to come in and unpack these layers and and look at them with um someone who's skilled and has a lot of experience in just sharing this kind of space with people mainly men Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm I yeah I could see how well there's there's different ways that Uh, Like, for the woman, for example, in the partnership could look at it. I know you've told me that some wives have sent their husbands to you, that some of your clients, like, they didn't seek you out. Like, their wife sought you out.
1: Which is always... I love that. (laughs) I just... I always am like... You know, when I I hear that from a client, which it's rare, but it does happen, and it just makes me very happy. Um,
0: That sounds like a good partnership and... or... Cause I, I can also see probably more the greater likelihood on the other side. Like if a wife found out her husband was going to a provider that, you know, could certainly be considered a version of cheating in a way, mm-hmm. or that could be mm-hmm. received poorly, certainly I mm-hmm. can imagine.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, all the better if, so in that circumstance, although rare, I mean, what, what is her reasoning for? or she does she, she's really grasping kind of what you're talking about that the uh, just sending sending her man to have an experience um where that experience is is contained and it, there's sort of that you're coming in for that he's coming in for that session and then leaving afterward it's not going to carry on
1: exactly mm-hmm. it's it's a really safe clean clear way for a person to have another experience and if that person's in a relationship for that experience to not threaten the relationship because there's not any contact afterwards and there's not even a thought of anything remotely personal you know am i going to see him again is he going to call me is he going to text me like these are not it, everybody knows why they're coming together and it's about this very it's it how this it has a start and an end and um And so I think women who would send their partners in for a session like this, I think that shows a lot of deep trust that she has in her man. And I think that shows a desire for her to give to him in a way that I think is really um, important for him. I think for everybody at some Point along a long uh, term relationship, I think, is healthy for people to have experiences with other people. Whether, I mean, it doesn't even necessarily have to be sexual, it could just be experiencing some kind of pleasurable intimacy with another person. That could just be like going out for tea, it could be sharing a meal, it could be cuddling. I mean, there's so many different Levels of intimacy that can be enjoyed. It could be intellectual or emotional, it could, you know, and then move into physical or sexual. I mean, there's so much available that, but the point is that I personally think that a, a relationship, a long term relationship, uh, will benefit more from people being able to have these experiences outside of the, well, you know, while in the context of the relationship, um, for there to be enough trust. and and trust in themselves first and foremost confidence in themselves and and then with each other built through communication communication is the foundation people it's it's essential for that piece to be really embraced by people people want to reach new levels of intimacy with their partner they're wanting to reach new levels of um you know pleasure in their relationship and at the same time people don't want to talk about things. So it's one of those situations where you just can't have one without the other people need to really get comfortable with being vulnerable and exposing themselves. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. I agree. And I think it's, I think that's really challenging for a lot of people, but I agree. I think that, yeah, well, first and foremost, I think it's difficult for people to deepen with another person if they haven't deepened with themselves. And I think a lot of my, my theory or my thought on the origin of feeling threatened by another person, like a provider or, or just like the thought of your partner going and having another intimate experience with somebody or a sexual experience with someone, even if it's that that kind of, provider type situation. Um, that's really threatening for a lot of people. And my thought is the core of that is that they don't feel secure in themselves, that they don't feel confident that they are, you know, good enough. Like if, if I let my partner go have, you know, experiences with all these other people, then maybe they'll find somebody that they like more than me, you know, and that's my thought there could be many reasons for um, like insecurity or kind of like control mechanism over your partner. But some people are really controlling of their partner and they just, they they don't, they're not comfortable allowing that person the freedom to explore their own life, to explore their other relationships. Um, I've known friends who've experienced this on both sides, men and women where yeah they're they're like uh the man didn't let his girlfriend have really friendships with other men, like he wouldn't allow it, and I don't know personally, I can't stand for that, I won't stand for it. I'm like, look, you're gonna have to realize that I'm a free person, i can't I won't be controlled, and you know you're just gonna have to accept accept that or this isn't, this isn't going to work. But I think, yeah, a lot, I see a lot of couples end up in these sort of weird co-agreed upon control structures um, where it feels very tight and restrictive. Um, I, I've spent a lot of time exploring open relationship and part of my curiosity in doing so was like people would tell me I like to be single because I don't like other p- people telling me what to do. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. Cause the implication there is that you can't be in a relationship without someone telling you what to do. Like what if you had a partnership where, okay, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You don't tell me what to do. Like we both have our own freedom to explore our own lives. And I want that for myself, but I realize that in claiming that for myself, I have to grant that for you as well. And maybe you're going to do some things or whatever, like you want to go have your friendship with this other guy. Maybe that brings up an insecurity in me, but you know, that's your, that's your freedom. And it gives an opportunity, I think, to not only expose those um, insecurities within oneself, but also to open, open up and grant more freedom, grant more acceptance of the other person. Um, and there's a lot of hard work there. It's difficult for people. And I mean, that doesn't have to be open relationship that can be in just a monogamous relationship, but
1: Hmm. yeah, I think in there, there's a couple points that stand out for me, uh, within that piece which is one is that I think what I see is that a lot of people seek out relationship because they actually don't have a very deep relationship with themselves so they're seeking relationship always always seeking always seeking always needing this other person to be there loving them giving them affection and attention like being there for them like because um ultimately they're not there for themselves and they're needing someone to fill something whatever the ways that they're not showing up for themselves they're like needing someone else to like be that person for them I've just I've seen so I've seen many examples of this you know um out there and so I can't help but ask and wonder why so many people are always on the hunt um And, uh, so not to say that everybody seeking a relationship is coming from that place yet at the same time, I do see that that's a place motivating people. Um, and there's this other piece around, it does take a lot of personal work. It does take a lot of strength to be in a relationship and, I know for myself, like to stand in my own truth, like what is true for me and like just really stand in that and give him the opportunity to meet me there or not. Like he can either do it or he can't. And I've had plenty of experience in my past of sacrificing my truth to make him more comfortable to be with me and telling myself it was worth it because of all the other ways that I was gaining in the connection and you know for a time it was and um but there does come a time when it's like I start to get drained because of the ways I'm sacrificing myself and um over time like I I'm at a point now where it's very it feels very clear to me that's not an operating system I'm moving forward with like I need to stand in my truth no matter what give him the opportunity to show up and it either works or it doesn't work and and just really allow for that possibility for it to not work if it doesn't work it doesn't work and it's not meant to be you know and 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 not to be attached to it or even to the point of like addicted to it like i think a lot of people are addicted to having a a a romantic Mm -hmm. special person in their lives and um and, and so, again, you know, wrapping that back around to sexuality, I think it's, it's a really vulnerable level for people to, like, really be in their truth about, like, what they're wanting, what they're needing. I mean, I have clients that come in and they're just like, wow, I would love for my... I would love to share this experience with my wife, but she she just, you know, she doesn't want to go there where it's just like giving him a massage and using her hands, you know, to give him pleasure. And it's like, wow, that's not even hmm. like, that's not even, I mean, compared to like the, you know, kinky freaky things that people are into out there. I mean, this is so PG, this is like rated G actually, you know, it's like comparative and it's like, you know, where it's like a man feels even like that topic is too sensitive to approach with his wife. It's like, wow. like It's. uh, Yeah. And then it makes me wonder how people end up actually in partnerships with people that they can't talk to (laughs) about Mm -hmm. these things. I don't really understand the, the thinking around two people who can't talk about these very personal, important things yet deciding to get married and create, other humans together I don't understand that at all but it happens all the time out there and um and you know like variations of it have been happening through human history in general with um you know marriage hasn't necessarily been uh, a institution around like love and romance (laughs) in human history I mean only within the last like mm, I don't know maybe like 150 years you know mm-hmm. up until that point it's in thousands of years of human history of marriage is an alliance about wealth and property and money and bloodlines and it is not about love and romance or attraction and that's why um throughout history the man and the husband and wife have had their arrangement and they've also had their secret lovers on the side so everybody knows what's happening and nobody talks about (laughs) Hmm. there's always been like that role in relationships in marriages um Mm -hmm. throughout human history yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah daughters used to get married off by their their fathers right for the Mm -hmm. longest the longest time Mm -hmm. like um in exchange for a dowry from the the son's family uh yeah, just on the kind of common person level, even. But then, certainly at the more royal levels, like, well, yeah, there have been wars that have been prevented by the intermarrying of tribes or different different royal families, right? Hmm. Um, I was going to go somewhere from there. I don't quite remember. Um. Well. I don't know. I am gonna change topics on this. Let's go for it. Okay. Let's jump. <laughs> Um, so you I know that you're shifting your work. Uh you've mostly you're just have been doing single sessions with people and you've worked with some couples, but you wanna work more with couples and you've mo mostly worked with just the men. So I want to hear more about your interest in working with couples. Like, do you feel like you can, because just on working from that one side with the man, I imagine perhaps you want to, there's more that you can do like and facilitate that connection between two people with both of them present. Is that kind of the, the aim or the thought process or just another, just like an expansion of, um, your work and your offerings in general?
1: Yeah, it's a um, it's definitely an area that I wanna take my work in more and more to create opportunities for a couple to come together and in a sense have a, an intentional ceremonial space for the connection to be acknowledged and honored. Um, for there to be adoration shared um, and pleasure shared like really creating a space for couples to just kind of stop like pause from the normal day-to-day grind that they're doing together and just come in and realize oh yeah and we're in this epic partnership and we're you know wanting to keep it going keep it progressive and alive and and healthy and juicy and fun as long as possible Um, it is needed to create that space to just stop and just acknowledge and honor and enjoy and celebrate the fact that there's a beautiful connection happening here because it's so easy like the day-to-day grind can just take a, a lot out of people and before we know it days weeks months years go by before people stop and they're like whoa when's the last time we had a celebratory experience together, and um, I think these experiences are essential for partnerships, um, especially long term. And uh, so I love the idea of creating the space for people, creating an, an intentional, beautiful space where a couple gets to come in, and both people feel really supported. They get to, you know, have um, uh, someone to share like where they're at within their journey together like what they're needing what they're wanting areas they they need some support in and just um, be open to going on a journey together with me as their guide um, and uh, so yeah it's exciting actually I, I have um, part of this offering involves um, a new partner of mine to come in and, and share this work with me so I feel like um, there's a really beautiful experience that we're going to be creating for couples to come in and and have the space held by both uh, he and I, a, a man and a woman that are skilled in holding space and um, skilled in you know creating like a comfortable, safe space for people to be open and vulnerable and and uh, and and uh, get to enjoy a, a space of beauty and. And honoring and, and and pleasure that's meaningful and fulfilling, and getting to help, uh, getting to help couples celebrate their connection, or perhaps helping couples to reignite their connection, um, maybe even heal something between their connection. You know, like help them break down the walls that have been built over time. I mean, I think there's. Kind of a variety of experiences um, that I'm excited to to create and and share with couples both on my own but also with with my new partner Marcus
0: hmm. yeah I could imagine there could be well, yeah, a lot of things to explore, but um, an opportunity to help that couple like talk about their fantasies or different aspects of their sexuality that they want to explore with each other Mm -hmm. to create a create yeah some kind of like help to break down those walls between the couple where they feel safe to share and excited to share and kind of open up to have that kind of facilitation to guide them into deeper deeper levels with each other
1: yeah. And it's also a way that they get to experience, you know, maybe like a little bit of a fantasy of having other people involved in their pleasure. And again, just because it's a a context of um, client and provider, it's so safe for the relationship. Everybody knows that there's mm-hmm. not going to be any connection happening afterwards and everyone knows that we're all coming together for a specific reason and just how safe that is and how comforting it is for a couple to get to explore some of these desires and and fantasies together of, you know, having experiences with, um, another woman or another couple, um, in whatever way is, you know, supportive and comfortable within their relationship. Um, I, I think that's really beautiful. I, I, I feel like, um, yeah, it creates a safe space for people to just explore themselves, um, with their, their partner, um, Mm -hmm. along, you know, for the journey with them. And so I'm excited. I think that, um, a a part, one branch of this offering is going to be in, um, creating and facilitating retreat experiences for couples where they can hire Marcus and I for one to four nights and we can create, um, a private customized, uh, sensual awakening retreat for the couple. And, uh, so there's, things are moving more in this direction for me and it, it, it feels really expansive. I'm ready. I feel like through these experiences, um, I'll be able to go deeper with my clients. Um, and, and I'm ready for that. I'm, I'm very excited to get a few days with people and get to really help them journey into themselves in these beautiful ways.
0: Hmm. Sounds sexy and fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm curious just in, in, as we were talking about, um, sexual fantasies, uh, what are some of the sexual fantasies that you've heard? Just like I mean, you've had such a unique window into people's private lives and people's private sexual lives. Uh, I'd love to hear about, you know, maybe um, some specific examples, but in particular, if you could, if there are some things that maybe most of us haven't, aren't aware of, but things that are very common, I don't know, maybe um, more taboo things, aspects of sexuality that you come across often that, you know, maybe are much more common to men or to all of us than we, than most people commonly realize. Do you have any kind of standout examples of that or things that come to mind? I
1: think, I think, I mean, I, I, As far as that topic goes, I mean, gosh, there's so much that people can get into. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think in general, what I've seen on that topic across the board is a desire to have an experience with more than one person at a time. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people that I've seen would love to share that experience with their partner. Um to have like their partner and then one other. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that in general, if, if somebody's not in a partnership, that's still a really, um, desirable fantasy to, Mm. um, have like two people, two other people or, you know, just like a small group experience. Um, I haven't come across necessarily like really wild, um, confessions of, of fantasies, but you know, like I said, that's, it's such a colorful topic. I mean, I've never, I've actually never really asked a lot of my clients. Um, so that, that, mm-hmm. that could be a good question just to bring into sessions, just to, mm-hmm. just to, I, I like a lot of times through my, through my sessions, I am pretty nosy. I ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. and, um, uh, part of it is just to provoke thoughts, and personal exploration in these various directions for people. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that, that would be a good one just for a person to tap into that if mm-hmm. they haven't already.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm just realizing at, at this point, like in the, I'm realizing that, um, maybe we should rehash a little bit of like what, what exactly it is that you do in case people mm-hmm. haven't heard our first episode. um, that because there there's a wide range of services that people can get from providers and you have a very specific offering of things that you do and things that you don't do. So would you mind just sort of giving, giving an overview again of what it is that you offer?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like you said, there's definitely a wide range of offerings happening out there. Um, so I guess, uh, specifically what my offering is known as in the industry is a tantra sensual massage and um so my sessions will start with a quick meet and greet with the client i ask everybody that comes in um I ask everybody the same question, which is, uh, so what brings you here today? What are you feeling like you're wanting or needing? What has you reaching out for this work? And, um, that gives me a sense of, of what's motivating them to come in. And it also gives them a chance to just reflect on like, wow, why am I here? <laughs> and, um, and then they take a shower and they leave all of their belongings in the bathroom. They come out, we meet on the table. We're both nude, um, I have an opening that I do with all of them. I, um, uh, I'll be lying on the table, and then they lie. I have them lie in front of me, facing the opposite direction, so their back is towards me. So I'm the big spoon, and then I pet them, and I have an opening that I say for, for the session. Um, and then we'll sit up on the table, facing each other, and I'll lead through some very simple, very effective meditation breath work um depending on how long the session is um maybe some visualization um it always goes into some sensual play exercises between us that i'm leading um i i do these exercises on him first and then i give him an opportunity to do them on me um that are just sensual in nature not touching breasts or genitals not working with sexual energy but just really um like I said, they're sensual play exercises. So just like giving them a chance to play. So using flowers and and, uh, oils and feathers and silks and um, different things to pet the body with or adorn the body with. Um, From there, it'll move into a full body massage. Um, Depending on the length of sessions, for longer sessions that are like two and a half, three to four hours, the sensual play exercises and before the massage we'll just lie next to each other and just lots of snuggles and cuddles lots of petting lots of um just talking connecting and it'll move into the massage from there um and then there's a closing that I do at the end where they just get to lay and relax and just enjoy all the good feelings in their bodies and then um Yeah, they shower and freshen up and then it's out the door. Thank you and goodbye.
0: Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I wanted to give you an opportunity to explain that because, um, like what you actually offer is, is more of like a PG offering, right? Like it does involve sexual touch, uh, and like a genital massage, right? Mm -hmm, But, mm -hmm. um, you like, you don't have sex with them and you don't, um, like your hands only right mm-hmm. so and yeah there's cert- uh, obviously there's um pr- probably a provider who will satisfy any there's like all kinds of people who do kinky fetish stuff and and all that so um what like w- what was your decision process of deciding what it is that you wanted to offer and what you didn't Mm -hmm. want to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, and you get plenty of work. Like there are people that you're very well sought after. Um, even though men could go to somebody else that, you know, will give them a more of a sexual experience. So I guess a two part question and, you know um how did you determine where your line is for how far you wanted to go and also are you surprised at all that you know how how popular that your style of offering is i mean from the sound of it people are having like a very full experience with you even though it's not as sexual as you know, it could be with another person, another provider.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So what I just previously described is just the, you know, barebone structure of the session, but really the, like the meat, the juice of the session is the quality of connection that clients get to experience from me. Um, I connect to people very easily, very deeply. I I really genuinely care about people. I'm curious and interested. So like I said, I ask a lot of questions. I, I create a safe, fun, uh, intimate uh, space where being vulnerable feels good. It's a little edgy, but it's comfortable. Like they, I create a space where I'm in control they clearly know that and can like relax into it. They can uh, surrender into it and, and just let me guide the whole experience. And, um, they, they get to experience a high quality of connection from a high caliber of a woman, which I am because I've been developing myself for years. It's been, and will always be my number one, uh, priority in my own personal life is my, my personal development and clients are clearly aware that there's a higher quality of connection that they get from me, um, rather than other providers. For instance, I charge $300 an hour for my session and I know full service providers that charge $300 an hour to give full service and I'm hands only. And so, you know, yeah, Clients could pay the same amount of money and go have a woman have sex with them and put her mouth on him. And um, but clients that come to me choose to come to me because of the quality of connection, the quality of a woman that I am the quality of the experience that I provide, I create, like I pull out all the stops. I I take a shower, I do my hair, my makeup, I get all dolled up. I create a beautiful space, flowers and incense and candles and oils and just beauty as much as possible. I just create a beautiful retreat space for clients to come in and just, in a sense, just take a vacation from their lives for a couple hours, be well taken care of. Um, I will give them treats and drinks and, you know, just give them such a high quality experience um, supported by a lot of different pieces. Um, and, and it's just kind of rare in the industry for women to um, put so much effort into creating a nice experience for her clients. And I mean, Yeah, there's there's a lot of variations of work being offered out there. And um, I think clients that come to me, it's not just about the sexual part. That's obviously a piece of it. But um, yeah, it's really about connection and quality. And I'm really good at providing that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you consider yourself a sex worker? I do. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, Well, I've known you for many years now. Um, and it's only within, I think, less than a year that I've known that you do this work. And when you first shared it with me, um, I was excited because, well, I've been aware of this sort of, um, more, well, it's not really Tantra, right? Like, um, as Halo w- called it in our, my Tantra episode with her is sort of like, so I think she called it like Tantra nouveau, but that's sort of, there's sort of uh, a Western idea of what Tantra is, but basically it's, you know, um, an aspect of the sex work industry that is more catered towards intimacy and connection. And, and involve and spirituality. Yeah. And in spirituality and it involves sexuality as well but I was first really excited to talk to you just in knowing you and knowing the caliber of person that you are and that you're offering this work because well I was when I first learned about this sort of tantra nouveau whatever um I was curious about and this is many years ago And I was, I was thinking of it as this like sacred courtesan role of this woman who is highly developed and she has high skilled offerings. Um, and she knows how to guide deeper into intimacy. And I was interested in experiencing that, but I didn't really, I didn't seek it out necessarily in terms of like wanting to but I was curious about it and I was also curious about providing it as well. And, um, I had always just kind of provided a similar experience in my own partnerships, but, um, not like professionally or anything, but anyhow, I, I had an experience with a woman who says, I think she called herself a Dakini and, um, I've told you the story privately, but I'll just tell it again on the podcast. I was, and I, I, I told her, I was like, wow, that's so cool that you do this. Cause I had heard about it. And finally I met at Dakini. I was super stoked. I was excited. And I was asking her all these questions about what she does. And I told her that I was curious about facilitating a similar thing for women and just, so anyway, anyhow, long story short, we, Um, she said, she offered to do a trade. She's like, well, if you want, like, I can give you a session and you can give me a session. And I was like, wow, that's pretty edgy for me at that time. But that sounds exciting. And I actually ended up being really disappointed in my experience because I found that like, I was expecting this, this intimate experience or, or, an experience of connection and what I got was like an experience of overt sexuality and that she was sort of offering me the experience that maybe she thought men wanted. And, um, yeah, she disrobed and she was like, well, first she gave me a massage. Right. But then she was like rubbing her body all over me in a way that, might have been sexy except she wasn't really she wasn't really like present with me like she there was no eye contact there was no connection and she was like she had like large fake breasts that she was rubbing on me and I was thinking I was actually not into it and I was kind of I was like I feel like I should be into this here's this attractive woman rubbing her body all over me but it just, I was actually disappointed because I was expecting more or I was expecting a different experience and I felt like I was kind of getting like a stripper plus type experience. Anyhow, all of this to say that I was excited to encounter you because or to know, to know that you were doing this work because I've known you for a while and I could imagine that you we're bringing the kind of like higher quality offering that I always felt like that's what I always thought that that was before I, um, sort of learned the reality of it. And yeah, there's a lot of, and we've talked about this privately too. There's a lot of women that offer this work that you said that some, some of them have never even given a massage before and they're doing like 300 an hour, $300 an hour tantric massage, but basically have no idea what they're doing. Um, so I don't know why I just got into all that, but I guess I just, I felt, I originally felt grateful that there are women like you that are doing this. And, um, I think there is a really important role when done right. And when a woman in that role is actually there to, be of service to the client and not just for the money because it pays well. And so,
1: yeah, I mean, I, the Tantra massage is used by a lot of women, um, as a buzzword to get clients in the door. It Tantra massage. First of all, I completely agree that like with halo in the previous podcast, um, (laughs) there's a Western definition of Tantra which doesn't really have anything to do with the true origin of that word and that lineage but it is the word that we use over here (laughs) and so it's the word I I have a personal conflict with using that word for the work that I do because I um, I know it's not an accurate description uh, definition Um, however it's a communication tool over here, since that's what the work is known as. So, um, but, but yeah, a lot of women give Tantra sensual massage and they've never even, done any kind of healing work any kind of body work they don't have any kind of spiritual practice meditation like nothing you know and um they're but they do it because it gets clients in the door specifically clients who are looking for a deeper connection um uh, something you know a sensual sexual experience that feels a little bit more um, maybe like empowering or it's got more substance to it um so uh Granted, I, I personally don't think that any type of sex work, whether it's, like, within this realm of, like, Tantra, which is, like, spiritualized sex work, or any other realm, I don't think I, – I think there's a place for all of it. It's, like, wherever people are at, whatever. You know, there's something for everyone, and I think that's important and healthy. Um. Uh, yeah, I – I've been doing healing work with people for 20 years. Um, So I have a lot of experience in holding really um, intimate, vulnerable space with people. Um, So this work came very easily, easy to me because of that. Um, You know, it was like, It was like I had been doing healing work with people for 17 years before getting onto this path, and then I get onto this path, and it was like, oh, it's kind of just like what I've always been doing, except now we're naked. (laughs) Um, And it involves a genital massage, um, which is actually really beautiful and is really important because our genitals are (laughs) just very sensitive parts of our body physically um and energetically there's just so much happening in that area of our body that like doesn't get acknowledged or any attention given to outside of the context of sex with either oneself or a sexual partner whether that's like in just like an in the moment kind of thing or whether it's an ongoing relationship um and there's more happening in that part of our body than is just sexual like there's um. So so I I feel like there's a real beauty to this way of being in service of like giving people a positive, empowered experience of what it's like to be touched sensually and sexually on their genitals. That's, um, not specifically just to get to like a destination, but just like more to give them an, a journey, an experience of just relaxing and receiving and going on a journey which may lead to an orgasm Mm -hmm. but doesn't necessarily have to and sometimes it doesn't and um and uh i find that even in those experiences where it doesn't lead to the climax like the man is just so grateful and happy and filled up and well well nourished in so many ways like it's they're just connected to the fact that that's not that's not like the goal of why they came in for that session. So. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I wonder if that's surprising at all to people. Like I think that um, I've always thought it's an oversimplified view of men that uh, men only want one thing and that men are just um, like sex-driven animals. I've, I've never agreed with that. I don't feel like that myself. Um, I don't feel like, I feel like that's oversimplified. But I wonder if that's surprising to people that, you know, how that men would be, I, I think it makes perfect sense that men are seeking out a more intimate experience, um, rather, and, and not just like a purely sexual experience that men want more than that. And in a way, I think men can kind of take that on that, that sense or that story that that men are just these like purely sexual beings and that that's all that men want and that maybe that's all we're supposed to want or, and the way that men and boys talk to each other about sex. Um, and I think also like the lack of intimacy that men experience within themselves, within their male to male friendships, within their partnerships, um, it's not at all surprising to me that men would want to have a deeper, more intimate experience, but some, some, some do. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely plenty that still seek out just the, I'll just say like, you know, the more like, I guess, more base raw edgy, you know, experience, like, you know, again, it's just, there's something for everyone. So if, and, and I think it's, every 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 offering in its own way is important because there's a journey that that person is on. So if, if a man is, is really just in that place of wanting just like this primal raw experience, he can go get it. And, you know, that's where he's at on his journey and maybe he'll never go forward from that place, but maybe he will. And, um, oh, I wanted to, if I can uh, address the other question you asked around how did I decide what my oh. offering was going to be? And yeah. How did I decide where I was going to draw a line? So, um, this work found me. I did not seek this work out. I did not see my path going in this direction to where I'd be doing it. In fact, when it found me, I was like, Oh hell no, I am not doing that. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> never saw myself, um, even considering it. However, um, it just very clearly was, uh, the direction that my path was pointing me in and I, I my life by following that guidance and it takes me into unexpected twists and turns, but it's always right. So I, I jumped in, I had my first session and, um, I just real I knew right away as that, first and foremost these experiences need to be empowering for me mm-hmm. <laughs> number one and and if it is that for me then it will be that for him too and so i knew that having clear boundaries was going to be extremely important um and it has been it's been a very very important uh in a sense line for me to support um, and, and and how to do it in a way that is clear and firm, yet loving and sweet and playful all at the same time, you know. And I've been surprised at how well men have responded to my boundaries. Men have been extremely responsible. Respectful and honoring, appreciative, even appreciative of the fact that they're asking for something, they want something, and they've just been told no. You know, here they are with this naked woman standing at their side, rubbing their bodies, and like, but I want, you know, and well, can I just, and um, you know, and being what do, t- what do they want? Oh, they want to touch my breasts. They want to, they want to touch my genitals they want to um they maybe they want um to kiss me you know they they want to they want to um give me pleasure like i'm giving them pleasure and all very natural for anybody in their position to want basically mm-hmm. um and um and men even it's it's been a really beautiful topic to see the response from men too just to see how actually by me staying really clear and firm in my boundaries it actually turned them on even more like Mm. i learned that men love wanting something and not having (laughs) it they (laughs) love it they love it and um they they don't necessarily outwardly want that but on some level like it just really turns them on to be told to like want something and be told no and
0: I think all people like <laughs> that I think women like that too but yeah you're encountering that more in your yeah in your yeah work. and
1: it, it's been very positive and it's been um you know it's actually uh just been really affirming I mean gosh this work has been so affirming to me in ways as far as like m- men and their honoring and respect for women I mean I've had I've, I've had, like, in range of, like, a thousand sessions at this point. And the fact that I've been able to have all these experiences with strange men and, man, it's just been so beautiful and positive and sweet and nourishing and inspiring and empowering. And, um, wow, it's just, like, really changed my outlook on, on men in the world, you know, uh, that I can share myself in this way. I can have these boundaries. I can be firm and clear and loving and sweet and playful all at the same time and 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 just create a space for them to explore themselves and enjoy themselves and part of that exploration is is desiring and asking for what they want and it's being told no and and them just you know being okay with that and, and honoring and respecting that and even thinking that's sexy, you know? And um, mm. yeah, it's really, really connected me into the the beauty of the hearts of men and um, how, um, how safe this world actually really is. You know, the fact that I can have all these experiences, I mean, like, I think coming into this work actually my main concern was safety mm-hmm. was well can I have all these experiences like you know is someone going to try to hurt me is someone going to try to like take something from me that I don't want to give yeah. um, you know but that's not been my experience mm. at all so it's been really beautiful but yeah. Um. As far as like other boundaries, I just knew personally that it wasn't. It's hands only is a boundary that feels appropriate for me. I just know for myself. Um, you know, like putting my mouth on a client or having them touch me or 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 intercourse. Like, I just, I just know that that's not a path of s- sacred sexual service that I feel called to share. I there's nothing wrong. I don't see anything wrong with it. I I think that any way, if a woman feels that calling to use her body as a vessel of um pleasure and connection for somebody in whatever way she feels called to do it and if she's going to do it in a good way i'd say you know that's great and i'd completely respect it and support it but i just know for myself that's not my that's just not my calling
0: mhm mhm hmm um gosh i keep thinking of things to that i I lose track of, I need to start writing stuff down. I just get like caught up in your words and then it's my turn to talk. And I, mm-hmm. um, uh, okay. Where am I going to, Oh, actually remember. Um, yeah, there's so many things you said in there that I, I think are really important and also somewhat contrary to the way that society views men or, and some implications of, I think feminine empowerment in what you said that kind of, could be brought forward more into the public conversation. So, but first off, I guess this idea that like men, that, that most men are good in their hearts. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do hear the larger conversation, the me too conversation. There are a lot of men in power that are abusing their power. Um, not just sexually, but in other ways too. But yeah, using like men in power, using that power to um, basically like take advantage of women sexually. There are things like that are happening. Bill Cosby just got sentenced for like being one of the largest serial rapists of all time and drugging women, raping them. And um, there's crazy shit going down out there for sure. But I don't think that men are these like sexual animals and sexual predators. I think there is an aspect of the masculine sexual impulse to, to go forward to, and like you're saying in your sessions that you feel it's natural. You're, you know, you're there together. There's things that he wants um, there's things that he's asking for. He wants, you know, you, 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 you've been clear about what it is that you offer and what it is that you don't offer, but he wants more than that. Right. So he's kind of like prodding against your boundaries, maybe even respectfully, maybe fully respectfully, but he's testing your boundaries. Right. And I do do, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong. And somebody might say that's wrong. Like, you know, they've come there and, um, the, um, boundary of the session has been made clear and that they shouldn't even try. But, and I I guess like, I'm still trying to find and we can discuss it together. Like what you know, like what is appropriate, what's not appropriate. We're trying to figure this out in society. But I think that whether you're a man or a woman, it's important to know what your boundaries are. And whether you are a man or a woman, you've had the experience of testing another person's boundaries and trying to get what what you want, trying to persuade them to open up more or to give you what you want. And I think there is a twofold responsibility that it's, I think it's important to be respectful of other people. Like sure, okay. You wanna renegotiate the boundaries, right? Well, if it's done respectfully, and if if a person is willing, you know, there is a point where you have to listen to that person's no for sure. Um, but then on the other side, when someone is testing your boundary, you have to be willing, you have to know actually what your boundaries are, what you're not willing to give in, to give up and give into. I think that's part of the reason, or at least what women say, part of the reason for women collapsing on their boundaries is fear that they feel afraid of what might happen if they say no if they say no to their boss or they say no to their boyfriend or whatever that they just capitulate, they compromise their own boundaries. Um, and they might feel no, and they might kind of express no through their body language, but they don't say no with their mouths. Um, And, you know, in bringing this up, I don't mean to, I just mean to have a conversation. I'm not like trying to blame one side or the other, but I I think there is a twofold responsibility to um, know where our own boundaries are and be willing to speak them. And also there's a reality that uh, we renegotiate boundaries and relationships. Um, and we test each other's boundaries and I don't find, I think that there's, that can be done in a predatory fashion, but I don't think that it's necessarily predatory by nature.
1: Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, in the context of my work, it's, uh, it's definitely a really important piece for providers to be aware on, um, for themselves and also for their clients because a provider as a provider i'm the one in control um i'm setting the tone so that he can follow suit and and he ultimately wants that he wants to do what i want him to do he wants to make me happy he even though we're not in a relationship um he doesn't know me personally we're not we're gonna have a personal connection outside of that context even though he still wants to make me happy. That makes him happy. And it, he wants, it's most sexy for him if I'm comfortable, if I'm clear, if I feel in control, he knows that. And then he gets to relax even more. And so um, it's it's a really beautiful dynamic, actually. And, and I, yeah, it, it does um, go against, I think, what... Um, society tends to, you know, picture men as being like, just like these aggressors that like, you can't really trust them and you don't know what they're going to do. And like, you know, maybe it's even a threatening situation if a woman is, you know, finds herself in a situation where he's approaching her and she doesn't want it. And, you know, how does she, you know, confront that? And, you know, um, I think most women's uh, approach in those situations is just to be like as big of a bitch as she can in that moment to like scare him away and make him never want to even dream of talking to her again. You know, um I don't know. I, I I actually see our role as women as being a really powerful one for men to guide them to what we want, how we want to be treated, um, what that looks like. But we have to give that for ourselves first and foremost. Like, where's our integrity and our boundary for ourselves first and foremost? Always 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 like you know that is our point of origin our strongest point of origin and then from there when we hold that for ourselves and we communicate it through our words um through our words is an important piece of you know (laughs) um to to focus on there because men do need to be told um it's it's important clarity in communication is important and um communication specifically in 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 words and language uh so um boundaries also like the topic of boundaries as far as my work goes um my sessions I'm not bringing my sexual energy into my sessions like my clients don't experience the sexual side of me um Which I think is a place where providers also get a little confused. I I even know some friends of mine that they get confused of like, well, am I supposed to be like turning on my sexual energy in these sessions? And like, that doesn't feel authentic, or sometimes, or they get confused at like how to do that. And Mm -hmm. um, for me personally, it's there, that's another piece on the boundary topic is I'm really clear that I'm not there, like, these clients are not turning me on. (laughs) These sessions are not, this is not for me to get turned on and have a sexual experience. I am being a provider for them to have an experience. And I, I'm very sensual and yeah, I'm working with my sexual energy in ways, but I'm not turned on. It's not like from, it's not, it's not a, it's not an exchange. It's not like an interaction I'm giving, they're receiving. And, um, so that's, that's another, another piece on the boundary topic. Mm. That's really important. Um, cause I think people kind of just imagine what these sessions must be like and they're like, Oh, she's getting it on with all these clients. And while that's true for some types of providers, even, even in the Tantra realm, you know, there's providers that have various boundaries and they'll go farther with different clients. And, um, but I know for myself, what's true for me is, uh, to stick within a certain capacity that feels, that feels good. That feels like where there's a lot of energy there. Like I personally couldn't imagine like going farther with, um, you know, going farther with clients. Cause that's just, that's, but that's my own personal boundary. You know, sure. like I said earlier, it's like, if a woman feels like that's what she's called to do and, you mm. know, then great.
0: It, in saying that you've just helped me realize why that first session i had wasn't sexy to me cuz i was like why why doesn't this feel like why why I actually stopped that woman who i said was like rubbing her breasts on me and it was kind of like a stripper plus type experience um i was like why don't i like this right now i feel like my male brain should be into this but i'm not and it was cuz it wasn't authentic and she was like she was sort of pretending to be turned on. She And she was like rubbing her body on me and she was like moaning and she was just like, Hmm, like, and it was just so transparently fake. It was like even worse than like porn actresses fake. Like I, I was just like grossed out. And I, and like I said, there was no eye contact. It wasn't like, she wasn't being authentic. And I guess I never really, like nailed down why I didn't enjoy that experience. Um, and like, personally, I've always like, um, growing up and like watching Seinfeld and, um, and just, or different sitcoms, how they talk about women faking orgasms. And I've always thought that's like, I've never understood that, that, women faking their own pleasure. And I've always hoped I'm like, I'm like, I always want all of my personal partnerships and relationships and lovemaking experiences to be fully authentic. Like if she's not into it, don't, I don't want her to fake it. I would never want that. Um, and even if it doesn't, if it doesn't feel good or if it hurts, I want to know so I can stop doing that or so I can find a way that's, more pleasurable and more enjoyable to her. And I think that, honestly, I don't, I don't really know. I just have my own personal experience as a man. I'm not sure what other men experience or how different that is from the sort of societal picture of men. But I've always thought that, at least for me, that my partner's pleasure is sexy. And maybe that's the appeal of like, the fake orgasm like if men really don't care about women then I mean why even fake the orgasm but I like I want to share in a mutually pleasurable experience and personally like if she's not into it then I don't want her to fake it and like I have a hard time like I want it you know like if I'm still going but like if she's done like if we're having sex and she's whatever like she's just it's not feeling good for any her anymore then I don't know I don't I'm I have a hard time getting into it if she's not fully into it that's what I'm saying
1: yeah I mean and and that's that's a really progressed position to have on uh sexual you think interaction, so? I do. Compared to human history, I do. Um, it's. I mean, why do women fake orgasms? Well, because women have been bred for thousands of years. That first of all, our pleasure doesn't matter. Our wants and needs don't matter, and definitely, it's not important to talk about that. <laughs> you know, I mean, we as women, we've been bred for his pleasure, for his support, for thousands of years so it's just like been like just you know it's just been a part of our identity um culturally wasn't there around the like, world
0: wasn't there like a thing called like the myth of the female orgasm or like the, just even the female orgasm was like not really like a like not really acknowledged or like the g-spot was thought to be like there was a question of whether it existed or not, or I'm just Mm -hmm. thinking of kind of like 1950s style or 1920s style.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it really is more recent in our human history where like women's pleasure, orgasms, um, women's sexual desires, fantasies. I mean, it's, it's, it's not been, uh, commonly like, understood aspect or, or acknowledge aspect of 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 women in the world I mean you know it's just traditionally there's been a point and a purpose to our existence on this world I mean there's been points in time up until recently where literally women had no value as a human if she wasn't married and having babies you know she literally had no value in society you know and um so let alone like her what like her desires in bed like who cares about that as far as like that approach you know like coming from that position on things which like reigned, which like ruled over the earth for a really 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 long time you know so women it's like even still we're we're in a much more evolved progressed place from that uh point of view thankfully um and still women are like learning like collectively we're on a journey learning that our needs and wants do matter it is important that we talk about it (laughs) um that it's okay that we have these wants and needs um and that it's okay for us to be in a position of, you know, guiding our man into actually how to fulfill our wants, our needs and our needs in the bedroom. And and men are in a different position with it now too, where they're like, oh, I wanna know. I wanna know how to rock her world in the bedroom. Like Mm -hmm. that's the most fulfilling, thing for him that's like one of like the most powerful things that like confirms to him that he's like a real man if he can take care of his woman in the bedroom he and it's very clear that that's the case and that's true he's just like you know he's Mm. like king of the world as far as i guess
0: (laughs) and that's i'm more familiar with that style of thinking both for myself but also of the guys that i know um more than, I mean, I'm not doubting you, but I, I just don't, I don't connect to that masculine style of thinking of just that like women as a object of conquest or whatever. And I I mean, I've heard it, you know, like I've heard plenty of guys say like, you know, uh, finally fucked Jessica last night or whatever, that kind of shit. But I mean, I also, I've I have a lot of friends who like get really excited to be with a multi-orgasmic woman, you know, so like, um, and, uh, they'll have like competitions with their, with themselves of like how many orgasms they can give her in a single session. And I mean, I've known a lot of guys like that, uh, a lot of guys that like going down on women and, um, yeah, just they're, it's like a competition with themselves of how, of like being the best lover that they can be, but also even like being a better lover to her than she's ever had. Like, you know, like, taking that number one spot of just like the best sex she's ever had, you know,
1: which is great. I mean, that's again, it's a, it's a more, it is a more evolved position. I mean, you you know, maybe perhaps I wonder if, um, your, uh, connection to these like older paradigm, um, perspectives would be different if you were a woman. And perhaps if you, you know, like being a woman, like we start getting sexual attention all the time when we're like eight years old, walking down the street, you know, it's just like, it starts for us really young. And it's coming at us from, you know, men just in the general community, it's coming at us uh, from, you know, teachers or students or friends or maybe family or, you know, like it's just coming at us from a lot of different angles. So, um, I don't know. Mm. I don't, yeah, it's, it's just a different kind of,
0: there certainly still is plenty of that kind of conquest sexual energy out there to be sure.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Perhaps we're in a time of the changing of the guard or we are, yeah. we
1: are. Yeah, definitely. And I think our generation really is, uh, powerful like we're on the forefront of i think like clearing some space for like some progressions to happen and um yeah and as far as like being you know her best lover ever you know it's like that's great i would say like yeah strive for that (laughs) and at the same time make sure that you know like (laughs) i would just say keep connected to the fact that you want to do that as a gift to her you know like not just trying to like stoke you know for a man to like stoke his own ego by by through that, which you know it's obviously gonna like that's gonna be a a a resulting effect as well. And there's nothing wrong with that, but um yeah, you know it's like um just keeping the focus on 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 uh, that balanced win-win and 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 being being the best lover doesn't always mean just like giving her as many orgasms as possible I've had I've had sex where I've you know I've had the orgasm and 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 I've had sex where I've not had orgasms and that have been like more deep and meaningful to me so it's like people there's also this like real like um focus on orgasms happening and that being a measure of good sex and I mean we all love the orgasm is very powerful. It's beautiful. Um, uh, but I think, yeah, well, it's, it's obviously like an important piece. It's not like the main dis- determining factor of whether or not like the, the sex is like deeply fulfilling. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, uh, would you mind sharing more about your, I'm curious more about like your, some of your personal experiences, if you're comfortable with that and just, um, like tell me more, like what are, what are some of the more satisfying sexual experiences that you've had, like along that same line, you know, um, more, kind of more of the details of like what makes a good lover or in your eyes, you know, in Mm -hmm. your direct experience.
2: Um
1: uh, yeah a couple things come to mind general I'm just going to speak to general sure. details um so like there's one experience where um so I guess I'll, I'll illustrate a range is what I'll do. (laughs) Um, so like one experience could be like this really deeply connected, very spiritual experience where the bodies aren't even really moving. Like he's inside me and our bodies are just, um, embraced and in this like uh, tight hold and we're just looking deeply into each other's eyes and there's not even a lot of movement happening with the bodies, but I just like can feel him so deeply in me and so connected, and he, you know, he's like touching, like his his cock is like right up against my cervix. So I guess I am getting a little detailed here. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Um, I don't think anyone yeah, minds. where, yeah. um, where, uh, you know, but so physically he's really deeply um connected into me, but like there's no movement happening and we're just kissing and breathing and we're still in our eyes where we have eye contact and I could see like pupil dilating and like where it's like I'm going into him and he's coming into me and all of a sudden we're one where we're all of a sudden it feels like I'm floating in space. Like we're floating in outer space together and we're not even in this physical realm anymore it's like completely transporting so it's like you know it's like from like that really deep like uh spiritual union through the bodies um and then and then other experiences where we're just um you know we're just enjoying like uh just sex enjoying just uh like be, like can, hard you, like, you, you know and just like <laughs> like harder just um you know just like more raw primal sex and uh but it's fun and it's playful and it's a little edgy and we're just like enjoying it. it just it just like that that um yeah just like that experience of getting to be like <sighs> really like free and wild and like expressive and 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 just letting him witness me in that and me witnessing him in that and just um uh so yeah i i mean there, there's such a range there's such a range i mean i've, I've had like really deeply fulfilling sexual experiences that took like four hours from start to finish I've had other really deep fulfilling sh- sexual experiences that was just like a seven minute quickie before I had to go to work you know and it was like oh god like like I really needed that you know and, and how it just like puts a little <laughs> extra pep in my step for the rest of the day and it's this. I think there's like a time and a place for all kinds of different sex and um But I think ultimately what's important in my own experience is the connection. What's the connection that's happening at the time, you know, Mm. whether or not it leads to an orgasm, like how connected are we and how engaged and, um, and, uh, again, I think a lot of it ties back into, you know, people's abilities, uh, to share what they're wanting and needing and, you know, um, and, and just enjoying, Yeah, I think like there, I I, I love, um, I just love for there to be like more like, uh, just playfulness and exploration coming into people's sexual experiences more and more, you know, like, um, as, as people awaken in their journeys and in their, in their sexuality with themselves and their partners, just like having more of a space where, um, yeah, there's just like a fun, playful journey. That's like, you know, perhaps even different every time, you know, depending on the day and the mood and the timing and the whatever all factors that go into it. Just, mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: And and I think there's so much to be said too. Like I, I I think in my own experiences of sexual pleasure, what really like the thing like, typically what really really does it for me is like having there be kind of like a long like enjoyable, um, foreplay session going into it. Whether it's just like massage and like really deep connected, beautiful kissing and and just like taking time and like bringing in you know some um just just bringing in like some like kind of sensual play and and deep connection meditating beforehand getting us like really energetically like linked up and connected and present with each other and just um like kind of really taking time to um fluff those outer petals in a sense you know um before like just diving into genital stimulation and um like I know for me, it like gets me really, really like ready and open and desiring and like anticipating and, uh, um, uh, so, which, which tends to be what gets me really turned on and ready to receive him. And mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah. I think you touched on something really important there. Like, um, I think, yeah, like a lot of people want to have really hot sex and really like especially like primal sex. Um but I found that the best sex that I've had is with people where there's an intimacy and there's there's a connection. Like there's and that does take time to develop and um but yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes like people focus so much on the sex or like that the uh, the certain way that the sex looks or something like that but for me the best sex has been like how it feels not just physically but emotionally like and there is that there's that connection and that chemistry that's like that's powerful and that's like the fire that's fueling the expression but if there isn't that that depth of connection and that, and that depth of connection can develop over time in a relationship, I think it can also happen spontaneously. I don't, I think that if, you know, two people are willing to like open themselves, not just to each other physically, but emotionally. And there's that I'm a, I'm just like really big into into intimacy. I don't know how common this is or not, but I just, I want to have that connection during a sexual experience. I want to have that eye contact. I want to, you know, I want like a lot in my experience, a lot of women close their eyes during sex. And I imagine probably a lot of men do too. And they go somewhere and maybe they're just, maybe they're sinking into the intensity of their feeling, um, of the, the sensations, but I like to, yeah, like maintain that doesn't have to be like unbroken, absolutely eye contact, but just feeling like she's there, you know, and just, and feeling like, um, and it can be scary, I think for some people to open into, there's a, there's a vulnerability, especially when you're having sex, but any kind of intimate connection, there's a vulnerability there that can feel scary, but I don't know, personally, that's what I'm really into. And, and the best sex that I've ever had in my life is from those connections where I'm with a woman who's willing to, to share that vulnerability with me and open up on that level more than just her body, but really to like, I don't know, just to, to exist in that vulnerable space together and to like open into to layers of the self and I've had experiences, sexual experiences, where um, like a woman was opening into that vulnerable space with me while we're having sex, and she started crying. Um, and she was kind of like apologetic. She's like, "I'm sorry, I don't know, why I'm crying," but I knew why she was crying because she she just opened up into like a deeper chamber of herself and a deeper realm of feeling than she normally does or ever did. And in that moment, you know, she opened up in that way and just this emotion came out and there was this like, yeah, just catharsis that she experienced spontaneously. And personally, I thought it was really beautiful. I didn't think it was weird. I thought, and, and, in talking to other people, I've discovered that, yeah, this is, this is something that has happened to other people. It's not really that uncommon to, to feel emotions during sex or to experience, experience catharsis. Seems to be more for women, I think, but I don't know. I just love stuff like that. Just mm-hmm. that, uh, and I think in that particular case, like we just shifted out of sexual expression into more of what was happening now like you know and in, in, into but it but it ended up being a healing experience through sexuality um, yeah
1: it's very it's very transformative it's so deep it's like the deepest way that people can share themselves i mean i think it's like through well one of i mean there's other ways that people can deeply share themselves but it's i feel like sexual sexual intimacy with our loved one is like you know because you're sharing at that point you're sharing your heart and soul you're sharing your body and and all the energetics weaving you know through the two people becoming one it's I don't really know of what other more intimate way we can share ourselves um Uh, And I think people that are wanting to deepen that intimacy, like wanting, you know, for the people that are like, well, I want to take my sex deeper with my partner. How do I do that? I would say, you know, like practicing um, intimacy outside, like strengthening the different qualities of intimacy outside of the sexual experience, you know? So like eye gazing, getting comfortable sitting in front of each other and just eye gazing and just just you know um, getting, getting comfortable with doing it at that level and then you know and then bringing that experience into the love making where then you know people can be you know bodies pressed up against each other and um, he's plugged into her and her hearts, their hearts are open to each other and their eyes are connected. And, um, you know, but if that's too intense for people, then they start eye gazing, like just sitting across from each other and, um, you know, like, you know, do the energetic fluffing, you know, uh, needed to really sync up energetically. So, um, some, some sensual, touch some you know just like maybe sharing like just words of affirmation of you know people's love for each other and care and support and honoring of each other and the connection just like in and again going back to this work that I'm excited to do with more couples is like creating that space for people helping people learn that there's first of all an importance there's a value to creating that space uh for these um other levels of intimacy to be enjoyed and expressed and exercised um because once that's there once that's established more and more and it's it's an ongoing beautiful journey um there's no end to it really there's just a progression but it's like the more that progresses and deepens it's like the deeper the sexual intimacy will be and um people's people's journey together um through that physical experience. Mm -hmm. So I think like if people, I think people are more and more wanting a deeper sex life with their partner. um, And yeah, there's, there's really, I mean, in a sense, this is like the most fun homework, you know, to do with your partner. Like we want to deepen our intimacy together. Like what can we do? And there's, oh my gosh. And this, at this point in time too, there's just so many resources out there around different ways to do so. I mean, one thing is like, even outside of just like, um, touch and words sharing like that, it's like, you know, uh, they can dance for each other. They can do like create experiences for the other, um, you know, maybe, you know, even just creating a nice meal and eating together, them feeding each other or, you know, uh, getting creative of like, I don't know, make a, make a beautiful dessert on his body and eat it off or something. I don't, you know, it's like, you can get like creative and just fun with it. And, um, uh, you know doing uh, yeah like physical expressions of love and care like dancing or sharing songs or music or poetry or just reading an excerpt from something that one thinks the other will like or you know just just something to like create a a nice environment of sharing. There's, there's a lot of different ways it can, it can happen, which is like the fun part about it. Is there's, there's just so many options of how to do this. You know, it really is like, just what do you want? And just bring your creativity and play into it. And if you want it to be more spiritual, then you can go in that direction. You want to be a little bit more kinky. There's things available in that direction. You want it to just be like more playful and exploratory. I mean, there's just like, there's no end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's pretty cool mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's true and we we, you know we're species that has this like availability to just really explore this Mm -hmm. you know throughout our lifetimes
0: (laughs) do you have any personal interests in like any of the kink or fetish fields or uh, not necessarily as a provider but just as a as a person like
1: personally yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um I'm just well, curious about you personally. Oh. <laughs> oh wow. Well, um yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I actually like my kind of like one of my favorite combinations is a little combination of like spiritual and kink. Like I I love like deep connection and just like feeling so um just like just like seen and held and supported by my partner and you know like we're just wanting to create and share like the most delicious sexual pleasure between us and at the same time like I really enjoy like I like sex on the rougher side and um (laughs) uh you know I enjoy thoughts of like multiple people and um uh being with women and enjoying him enjoying my partner with other women i think that sounds fantastic and um yeah i don't know i'm i mean personally i I guess i feel pretty open i don't have a lot of experience with it yet like in real time but um Mm -hmm. i i feel open and 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 ready to explore and i know that that's going to be coming into my personal path and um that's fun and exciting to think of (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. sounds, sounds fun. but I, I mean i know what i'm up for mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. i at least have an idea of that yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: <laughs> well uh we're coming to a close mm-hmm. for this beautiful episode um there was one there's one more thing i wanted to ask about because you are you've told me you're interested in at some point training other women to do the work that you do in the style that you do. Um in kind of like helping women <clears throat> women who are interested in doing this work up level their game and provide provide a really high quality experience and um yeah, training women to be temple courtesans, as you put it. And I'm curious to hear more about that, like your vision of what that looks like and but I'm really curious to know like what aspects of the training, like if you're just going to take a regular, I mean, I think ideally anyone who gets into this work is getting into it to be of service and it does pay well, but I don't know. I would hope that I know that you, that it's a um, path of prosperity for you as well, but really like you, you are into it primarily as a path of service and like, that's why you're there that. And I appreciate that aspect of integrity and I, you know, it's, it's good if other people have that aspect of integrity too. But so for a woman who is like approaching that work from a place of service and she just, maybe she's like a pretty open person. Like what aspects of training do you think, do you anticipate, um, or areas of focus on that woman's development to bring her from just, um, you know, regular woman who's had personal experiences, personal relationships. How do you bring her to the level of temple courtesan? Like what are those aspects of training that like between just maybe a regular common woman's understanding and that higher level of service? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's different layers of it. One is the cultivation of the uh, temple of self within um, one's own being. So that's one level which requires discipline and commitment and uh, and personal work. And um, then there's another level of temple of the body really, um, as best as one can, like creating like their body to be this vessel, this vehicle, and, you know, that it be something that represents, um, beauty in whatever shape and size and however, however the body temple looks just, um, committing to, creating a, a really healthy body temple but also just energetically her embodiment of her temple how how beautiful how sensual how powerful she can feel in her own being and her body and understanding that to be a, a woman to be in this this body is very powerful. It is a power in itself and just understanding the value that it has in this world, you know, the value like for men to come pay hundreds of dollars to get to enjoy being in the presence of it when it's being embodied in a beautiful way, um, no matter what her, her age and her size and, Um, but also along with it, that she is doing her best to cultivate the highest, um, level of, 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 of health and beauty within herself, within her body and her, her heart. Um, and then there's another level of it, which is, um, uh, the temple of her space that she's hosting in. It must be clean and clear it must be a solid container for this experience to happen it must be beautiful and and help be make it a place where when he walks in he's transported into another place in time that where he gets to just come in and just unload and relax and just you know, surrender and be held in this temple space where she's the guide, she's in control, and he just gets to give himself to her, to her guidance. And um, these three levels of the inner being, the body, and the space, um, each of those levels within themselves are like really, I think, uh, deep deep areas of learning for a woman because it's like there's there's even just within these three layers there's there's so much within each of these how to how to tend to all of what's needed within the self within the body within the space and at the same time playing the role of the courtesan, really embodying that and so what does that look like? You know, there's like a whole learning around, you know, then there's like the the learning around being with clients and interacting with so many different personality types and how to be this chameleon that can morph from one to the other and always be what he needs no matter who he is in front of her at that time knowing tuning in to who he is and what he wants and needs and allowing for that to like activate certain parts of her own personality that she can bring forward into that experience and meet him there um so there's like a whole mastery of just um provider and client dynamic that is a a whole other realm and then there's a logistical part there's like you know she's running her own business so I want to teach her how to run a successful business you know there's there's like practical aspects of how to do this and um and how to do it well and with integrity and and um and and how to help support her to set up a good life for herself through this work. So, so there's, there's quite a bit to it. And Mm -hmm. ultimately, ultimately I see myself working with a woman, a woman for like just a solid seven days and where she just gets an intensive experience of seeing, just seeing exactly how I do living my life, how I do. And, you know, I'm not necessarily going to be trying to create copycats of me, but at least, her following my lead and 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 my lifestyle through how I do my thing at least it'll be a point of inspiration for her and perhaps she'll take it and she'll kind of work it into her own life in the way that is most meaningful and most effective for her but she'll she'll see through that what I do to take care of myself every day I do a lot every day to take care of myself so that I can show up for these sessions with my clients I could show up and be energized and able to meet him and to be a really guiding, supportive, nourishing, beautiful, sensual, fun, playful, sexy, strong, you know presence for him um, without getting drained, you know, mm-hmm. without getting confused or thrown off or without getting potentially put in, you know uncomfortable or even potentially threatening positions. You know, um, so yeah, woman's got to have her wits about her. She's got to have like a certain level of intelligence and, um, there's a whole realm of just like spiritual practice, really like learning how to, how to
0: cultivate yourself and
1: cultivate the self and how, how to, how to, you know, from that place of service, how to, um, really stay connected to that and not just like let that kind of fall by fall to the side. And while we're in the pursuit of just making money, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so there's a lot to it. I mean, ultimately I would love even like to take someone in for, for like 10 days or two weeks or something and just, um, show them the ropes and give them everything they need, but, but make them see, help them see that like there's a lot that goes into this and, um, to do this quality of work. And I mean, I guess a whole other layer of it would just be teaching people how to create healing space for people. You know, like I have, you know, like I said, I have 20 years of experience and I have, you know, I've, I've been trained in doing healing work with people from different uh, different types of modalities and so helping people even on that level. So there's a lot. <laughs> I basically just need to open a school. <laughs>
0: yeah. <And> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I imagine it's a very specific type of student that like I I imagine that you would want to be very selective about mm-hmm. like who you even take on. Like mm-hmm. that a person's gotta be mm-hmm. like of a certain a certain level of at least like personal commitment to be able to take on you know, to be able to facilitate a high level offering. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it just, yeah, this is great. Um, (laughs) uh, it, it strikes me as rare though. And I, maybe I'm open to being wrong, but it strikes me as rare. The, the, this like high quality of offering, which is not only like of a high caliber and high skill level, but also in integrity and authentic and, and just yeah to like actually show up and to actually be of service to someone and to for a woman to be of service to a man like and I I guess I'm just feeling into like how I feel like men yeah men get a bad rap all the time but I think that there that we're missing an aspect of like femininity in our culture and in our society and I think a lot of men are missing the like nourishing care or like the, 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 the generous feminine or like the, the aspect of the mother. Like, I mean, I know that personally I didn't feel really like mothered by my mother and even a lot of girlfriends. I think it's, it's a deep topic and I'm just still, I'm trying to find my words around it, but there's an aspect of femininity that really cares of the feminine that really cares. And, um, and there's like an aspect of that, of like abundance, like this, the, um, energy that flows forth from the feminine and from a woman who feels safe and secure in herself and, and, it's like that flower we talked about in our first episode that, uh, the flower is the sexual organ of the plant and and it's, it's like the, the feminine offering and all the bees come and pollinate. Right. And, but in order for that plant to offer itself, it has to open like that. That flower bud cannot just stay closed and tight and protected. And in order for that plant to really get what it fully wants, it has to open and expose itself. And mm, I just, I, I understand why, but I see that a lot of women are tightly closed flower buds. They hide their beauty. They hide their radiance from the world. They they don't feel safe to um, to, to be vulnerable in that. And yeah, there's a lot of aggressive bees prodding at them trying to get in there. Right. But there, there is a way that I've seen women do it. I don't quite understand it, but there's a way that women are fully open flowers in public, fully radiant. And there's that femininity and beauty that flows from them. And somehow they've found a way to feel safe to do that. And a key aspect I notice is that there's kind of like an unspoken boundary of how she carries herself. Like I can tell that she doesn't put up with no shit, you know, like she's, she just is flowing and radiant, but she doesn't have this kind of like protectiveness this like, fuck you protectiveness. But I can tell that she's strong in herself. And like, she has something, she has that strength inside of herself, that like core to where, I don't know, I can tell that she's been through a journey to get there. She doesn't just, you know, pop up that way. Like she's probably been through a journey to reclaim that, that radiance and safety of self that where she's not reliant upon a society or for men to grant her that safety or for society to be more safe place. She's found that safety within herself, even in an aggressive society or sometimes aggressive society. So kind of like gone a little bit on a tangent, but wrapping back around, um, I just love the idea of women finding that place and being trained to find that place. And then even furthermore, once, they find that place to be able to offer from a place of service and to be able to offer that feminine radiance, well, anywhere in their lives, but in this particular context and as like a service provider for men to be able, because I think it is really actually hard to receive like a genuine, authentic kind of nurturing feminine energy, like I know for myself and a lot of men, we didn't really fully receive that from our mothers as children. And maybe some of us have never received that in the ways that we deeply crave. And um yeah, I just really can connect to and feel the value of uh there being of that that kind of um service being provided by a temple courtesan. Mm -hmm. And that's what, that's originally what I wanted to connect to when I heard about the work. That's what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but I later learned that's actually pretty rare Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for women to be able to like offer to that level.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. It is. And, you know, I mean, to speak to what you just said, it's like, there's these different layers of a woman's journey with that. Um, a lot of women didn't have very safe home environments. So at a young age, um, there was a need to not be connected to their bodies, perhaps not be connected to their beauty, because it just literally was um, unsafe to do so. Um, I think a lot of women, um, I've definitely been on that journey. And I, I, I think a lot of women um, are on a journey of learning how to feel beautiful and radiant within ourselves, um, in the world, uh, how we can shine that bright light and get attention from people and not feel uncomfortable from that attention, how we can actually command the quality of attention that we do receive from that place, you know, so that it's not just like a bunch of, you know, dudes heckling at us, but like if we are going to be noticed, you know, when we're moving through the world, you know, uh, that we can take in that attention um, and that it can be a comfortable experience that we can actually even give back. You know, we can even um, acknowledge that we're being acknowledged, you know, And, um, and that it can be a positive experience for everybody, you know, where men can see a beautiful woman and they can look at her and... They can enjoy her beauty and she can notice them looking at her. She can enjoy that her beauty, she can enjoy knowing that her beauty is being enjoyed. Um, and everybody knows that it can be done within a safe, respectful place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think men and women are learning more and more how to have these experiences with each other out in the world. Just general strangers passing by. Um Yeah, and I, I I think that women are also on a journey, generally, just collectively of you know how to how to be that that source of nourishing feminine energy within the context of their relationships, and how to really receive and let him in, um, and how to give to him. You know, I think that comes down to a lot to the topic of self care for a woman. Um, For instance, just to like quickly like describe like a woman who takes care of herself, she comes to the table with a full cup. Her cup is full and overflowing and then she can give in a way that feels good for her. It feels good for him. Everyone's happy. If she's not filling her own cup, if she's not taking care of herself, she comes with a cup half empty or maybe it's just totally empty, you know, and and she doesn't have anything to give, but she's going to give anyways because women are a lot of women are just like bread to give and will give even if they're tapped out and it'll be you know a lower quality of energy than what feels good to her lower quality of energy that of what feels good to him but um uh yeah i think it's so much of it really has to deal has to do with uh women how when it, how well they're taking care of themselves um Because whether it's in the context of a relationship or any kind of relationship, um, especially a partnership or whether it's in the context of any kind of service that a woman is providing, if she's taking good care of herself, putting herself above all others, um, putting herself above money, the need to make money, um, just putting herself first and what what she's really needing, you know, like if she's really prioritizing in that way, then everything else she's showing up for is going to be such a better higher quality and feel better for everybody so i think that's i mean that's a whole nother topic in itself just the topic of people taking care of themselves and what that really means and um talk about femininity well the energetic quality of that fem the feminine energy is is the yin is the yin quality of all of us that we have with both people that are in men and women bodies, um, you know, we all have this yin, this femininity that's needing to be nourished within us. And so, um, so yeah, that's definitely a really just rich topic in general that I think men and women, women are, are working with and and developing.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a conversation coming up um, in a couple of weeks with a friend of mine who is a therapist and, um, that's the, the cornerstone of her perspective, I suppose, mm-hmm. is self-care.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's huge.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, she counsels people a lot in about their relationships, but that's, that's always what it comes back to. So mm-hmm. we're going to do a whole episode mm-hmm. on that. That's great. It's yeah. such an
1: important topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, I want to thank you for coming back onto the show and for another rich conversation and just, um, going deeper and deeper into one of the deepest aspects of the human experience that we have uh, intimacy and sexuality and interpersonal relationships. And, um, yeah. Thanks again for coming.
1: Yeah. Thank you for hosting me again. Thank you for all your questions and, um, you know, guiding the conversation and, um, getting me to come up against my own edges of uh, <laughs> different topics. I was like, oh, wow. Didn't I wanted know we were to going do that there, a little uh, bit okay.
0: this time. <laughs> I actually had a friend, um, give me some feedback on our first episode and she, she said um, that it, she wanted, that it was very like PG, a yeah. very PG conversation. She's like, I want to hear more juicy details. So I was <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> yeah, let's get a little juicier. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sure, we can go there.
0: <laughs> Check me out on Instagram and Facebook at Chronicles of a Psychonaut. I'm coming down to Los Angeles and Southern California from the middle of October to the end of the month. So if you have a cool story to tell, or you know someone who does, get in touch with me. Uh, Best place is by DM through Instagram. And yeah, I'm looking for people with unusual experiences, especially psychedelic experiences, people who have in-depth shamanic training, stuff like that. I love meeting uh, new people and love hearing people's stories. So... That's what I'm down there to do. I have several good interviews lined up and I'm looking for more. So that's it um, for now and see you next week.